Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of the Greg Rich Ministries podcast. And I'm really excited for today's episode. Not only is Timo Anzalone back with us again, one of my great friends, but we also have Josh Adams, who him and his wife Hannah are doing some amazing things in Brazil. And just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. Yeah, man, it's super good to be with uh, two really good people and two really good friends, Josh and Josh. Super happy to see you, Joshua Adams. It's been such a long time. Really oh, looking man. forward to this conversation. I know we're all going to be blessed. Absolutely, man. I'm such an honor to be here as well. I, I was just telling my wife, I'm like, man, I haven't seen Timo in so, so long. And I'm so excited to, to meet Josh as well. And it's an honor to be here. Uh, I hope I hope I don't take up all the time. My, my wife's like, Josh, we don't, we don't take all the time up. So just tell me when to shut up and, and I'll shut up. But it's an honor, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, and you're the reason that we're doing this podcast today. So please feel free to talk as much as you want, and then we'll collectively apologize to Hannah later so that she won't be alone. Yeah. But, you know, Josh, you and your wife, Hannah, have been in Brazil for how many years now has it been? We have been, you know, I'm so bad with dates. I feel like I've been there forever, but we have been there uh, for eight years now. We arrived there October 17th. Can't remember the, the exact year. My wife knows, but eight years. And uh, it's been amazing. Wow. And what's the name of the church that you guys started? So we started, we planted uh, our first church was called, it is still called Igreja United, which basically means United Church. And uh, that was a, a name that God had given us from the beginning. I mean, many, many years ago, he just gave that, that vision about unity and bringing the body of Christ together, uh, especially in the, the age that we live in today. So I think it was like, it was prophetic, you know, the yeah. type of church that we would become, especially in, in these last days, you know. Man, that's awesome. And, you know, you were talking about how you had that vision before you guys went. So what was that like, you know, prayer beforehand? What kind of gave you that first real unction or, or movement yeah. to go to Brazil? Absolutely. I, uh, so I, a little bit about our story. We, um, I met my wife here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I say here because we're actually on vacation. I mean, this is a big deal, guys. Like my wife's like, you can, you can do the podcast, but afterwards we'll go to like, Safari Joe's or some water park with our kids. Um, but I met my wife here in Tulsa uh, after I graduated from Rama and uh, changed my life. That school changed my life forever. I'm so grateful for for what Rama represents, still represents in our in my life in our in our ministry. And um, it was right after I graduated that the Lord began to speak to me about uh entering into the ministry now for me i don't know about you guys i'm sure you guys can all testify uh i did not feel qualified first and foremost to even be in ministry i'm like you got the wrong guy God, because there's so many more people that are much more qualified than me and even as as i grow in in, in the call of god upon my life i still feel less and less qualified as time goes on so i don't think that's ever going to change um, the more that he gives, the less I feel, uh, the ability to actually do it in my own power. And that's, that's good. Right. But, um, backing up just a little bit, um, the Lord spoke to me, um, about, about entering into the, the pastoral ministry. Now today, I'm not necessarily a pastor. I wouldn't necessarily call myself a pastor, um, because I'm not over a specific, just one church. Um, but he began to speak to me about, you know, the call of God, his, his call for my life and, uh, that it would really be a pastoral calling at the beginning, then it would begin to evolve into other uh, forms of ministry uh, as time would go on. And so it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Again, I don't remember the date. My wife, I'm sure, remembers the date. 
uh, when the Lord spoke to me about, about moving to Brazil, about ministry. Now, obviously, there's a lot of details sandwiched in between yeah. that. But the gist of it is basically, I remember the one night God woke me up in the middle of the night. It was during, I think it was in March or something. And he, uh, uh, it's so amazing just even talking about it. Like, I, I can still feel his presence just when he spoke to me that so many years ago about, um, uh, I'm sorry, it's kind of like emotional to me because it's, it's, oh, you're it's fine. Really, it's really, um, uh, that he spoke to me and he said, you know, the time is now and, uh, I, I need you, Joshua, uh, I need you to yeah. go and be a witness and, uh, to reach, to build, to empower and, uh, to bring revival to, to your generation. And so that's what we did. And he said, I want you to sell everything, move. And I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but move to Brazil and, and, uh, plant your church. <laughs> and so that's what exactly what we did. And I can give more details later, but I don't want to, I don't want to get too far along in that question. No, that's all. Timo, I want to give you a chance to to jump in there as well. Yeah, I just remember the times that you and I had Josh and, and Tulsa and just the, the fire that was burning in you guys' hearts. And, mm. and, and just also all the times that we, we, we spent together, even just in coffee shops. And I remember yeah. you were dreaming of, of what you were going to do. And, uh, and just to see the Lord do that in your lives, is just phenomenal. And it's such an encouragement for so many people. People look up to you guys. They see yeah. your, your heart, your passion, your age as well. You know, they see just, okay, these guys left everything and God's just taking care of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and not only just taking care of them, but he's really just grown what he's given you guys. And uh, I love that because I, I just always remember um just the one-on-one we had and and how it was just simple faith okay it wasn't anything spectacular it was just dreaming with god and going for it so absolutely and and not i'm sure not everyone knows here but timo and i like i'm pretty sure these conversations that we had at you know drinking coffee was like right before we were about to move i mean it It was was around around that same time we moved to brazil a year after we got married and so hannah and i had just gotten married uh and i'll I'll never forget i i can vividly remember sitting and having coffee with you and talking with you and we were both going you know experiencing different moments in our life but it's just cool to see like where we are today dude it's is phenomenal god is tremendously faithful i'm so grateful for that and, you know, before you guys got there, obviously you had the vision, but then once yeah. you get to the mission field, reality hits and you've yeah. got to actually take real steps towards what God has put in your heart. And so yeah. what was that like for you guys? And maybe the first year, first couple of years to actually start to flesh out this vision that God Absolutely. gave to you. Absolutely. You know, for me, I, from right, right from the beginning, um, I knew that I had no idea what I was doing. Like I was just <laughs> honest with myself. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. But one thing I did have, I can say, and I still have today is um, zeal, you know, zeal for the things of God. Um, you know, I, I constantly preach and I'm not trying to get like uh, uh, split hairs on words, but for me, passion has never been something that's driven me. It's been more zeal because zeal for me is, is, a, is a rooted purpose. Passion comes and goes. Zeal is something that is like a, a driving force within us. Mm. And obviously it begins with passion, but then it should move to zeal. And so for me, it was zeal that uh, thrusted me in, you know, from sitting in the back row at Rhema Bible Training Center College now 
I was in the very back and I remember, man, like, I'm like, nobody knows who I am. Like, how am I going to go into ministry? And I don't know anybody and nobody knows me. And I remember, I remember, I'm like an old guy, I like talk to tell stories. So like, I'm like reminiscing, reminiscing here. Um, I remember sitting in the back, the back at Rama and having this dialogue with God about the future and about how, you know, cause that's the number one question a lot of young ministers, just ministers in general have this question. How do I accomplish what God has called me to do? And I had this conversation with God in the back and he was like Doug Jones class, life of honor. And I'm sitting all the way in the back. For some reason, my, my seat was always in the back, like the last seat next to the person who didn't want to be at, at school, you know, the person is sleeping. And I'm like, at the, on the edge of my seat, like, God, I want to, I just, I got so much that I want to do. God, I know you called me, you called me. And he told me, he said, Joshua, it's not about who you know. It's about, about knowing me. So the more you know me, and I know that sounds very cliche, but it's the truth. The more you get to know me, the more you hear my voice and my spirit and know my word, I will begin to reveal those things to you. And so that was really what sparked the how. The how wasn't about making connections and relationships, which are important, but it was more about finding my place and my purpose in his word. And so right before we moved to Brazil, what we did is we began to discover what, what, is, what does God want us to do? Uh, we all have dreams, we all have ambitions, we all have plans and purposes, you know, especially building churches and planting churches, but like what kind of church does God want us to build? And so before mm -hmm. we moved, we sat down, we got a manual together, like a, literally a, a manual together about how to plant churches. And now this was like nine, 10 years ago. Um, they, like I think Elevation Church had just like was just starting to plant churches, you know, and so like Stephen Furtick was like, our example of like church planter Greg Cochelle but like for me I didn't really follow that stream so I didn't have any references of what a church planter was and I remember someone asked me a question they said you know what's your church plant method and I'm like I didn't even know there was a method <laughs> <laughs> like, what? is that like a book I can buy off Amazon or something um and the Lord said just kept on speaking he's like come discover in my word the how the what to, 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 to plant churches. And so we began to build this leadership manual, which I still have today. We still use today. And we got a book and I want to encourage every person to get this book. I actually have it right here with me. This is like a new rever uh, revised edition, but it's called spiritual leadership uh, by J. Oswald Sanders. And I have every single one of his books. For me, he is the, 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 the top of leadership uh, when it comes to spiritual leadership. Um, and I basically took this book and I made our church man, our leadership manual for, um, for our, for what our church would be, you know, and we got the vision, we got the mission statement, we got the, the training of how we would train our leaders. And we literally created a manual. I don't have it with me here, but, uh, we use that manual when we got to Brazil to, to really begin to train our leaders. Um, we knew, I knew one person when we moved to Brazil, one person, that was it. Um, I didn't speak Portuguese. My wife didn't speak Portuguese. Uh, and my wife was seven months pregnant too, by the way, uh, with our first child. <laughs> so when like God calls us to do stuff, he's like, you're going to do stuff crazy. Like, so we've always done things in a very radical, chaotic way. We thrive in chaos. Yeah. And so that's kind of the gist of how, how we got to Brazil and, uh, there's so many details, but I don't want to bore you with the details. <laughs> no, man, to... we, I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to like put you on the spot at all, but, and, and feel free to expound as much as you want, yeah. but okay. whenever you, 
you you went to Brazil, you knew the one person, you didn't know Portuguese. Yeah. What was that like for you to go from knowing that one person to now having multiple campuses? Because it doesn't yeah. happen overnight and it doesn't happen instantaneously, especially mm -hmm. without the grace of God. And yes. I know that was prominent in your guys' ministry, but you know, walking those steps out with God, what did that look like from you from day one? You don't have to walk us through every day, but just kind of different steps that you had to take to get Absolutely. to the, the point where you're at now. Absolutely. So here I go. I'm going to go with the story again, because it can't, can't be a conversation without Josh Adams without a story. <laughs> I remember sitting uh, before we moved. I, there was like this um, Lagoa, say Lagoa, Lake, Lake. I, I forgot the word in English. There was this lake kind of pond, I guess you more say, that was kind of like outside of a house that we were staying at, because when we got the uh, the call to move to Brazil, we sold everything. Like the night the Lord spoke to me that night there in March, uh, there at our small apartment across from Rama, um, that the next day I began to sell everything because the Lord told me, he said, now you got to go now. Now is the time. And so we literally began to sell everything. We just got married. So everything was brand new. We got pregnant at that. No, we moved to a friend of ours house, all of our stuff in a small bedroom. It looked like we were like digressing in our, in our life yeah. more than progressing. We were literally stripping all of the natural things away, which was not easy, man. Especially when you just, we had just gotten married. My God bless my wife because she, she went along with it and she had the same conviction. Uh, but so we moved to a friend of ours house and we were in this small room um, one afternoon I went on a walk and I was sitting by this pond and the Lord, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, now that we've sold everything, we've prepared ourselves, we have this manual, we have the training, we have the teaching, we kind of have an idea, kind of an idea of what we're doing. Uh, what's the next step? And the moment I said that I actually got an email from a guy, that one guy who was helping us, um, who is still with us today. But he, he sent me an email and he told the email, the very beginning of the email was like, I'm, I'm sorry. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's, what's this email about? And he's like, I just wanted to apologize because I just, at this moment, I don't know if this is something that I can do. I don't know if I can commit myself to, uh, to, to this season of helping a planet church. And I'm, I'm just like, oh, and this is like email. So it wasn't a text. And I'm reading this email by this pond and I just start weeping. And I'm like, Lord, here is the one guy who was supposed to help us plant, you know, plant and move to Brazil. And now he is telling me that he can't do it. And the Lord said, he said, remember, Joshua, it's not about who, you know, it's about knowing me. And I'm like, Dude, but I just need to know like, at least one person. Can you just give me like one person? And he said, remain calm. Just, it's going to be okay. And, um, my wife, and she, she said to me, when I came back to the house, she said, Joshua, like, did God call us? regardless of an individual did god call us and i said yes you know god did call us and so uh, i think it was like the next it was like this was like the week we're about to move you know to brazil uh a couple of days later and i just gave it to god i didn't respond to the guy actually i did respond i said thank you so much man i appreciate it i'm praying for you and left it at that i wanted to be like you're an idiot bro you can miss an opportunity you're listening <laughs> to the devil no but like i just gave it to the lord and um a couple of days later, he sent me an email back and he said, Hey, I woke up in the night last night and the Lord spoke to me. He said, if I, if I pass on this opportunity to help you guys, I will miss, uh, the rest of my life. He said, I've, I've been wow. called to be your armor bearer. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but glory to Jesus. You're my armor bearer. I now know what an armor bearer is, but I didn't know. What, I was like, what's the armor bearer? And he's like, I've, I'm called to be your Jonathan and I'm, I'm here to help you. 
and wow. praise God, he made that decision. Wow. And um, so we bought a ticket, one-way ticket to Brazil, October 17th. And uh, when we arrived into Brazil, I would like to say it was like the most glorious feeling of all, but I will tell you, I was so afraid. I, I was like, no. God, what have we done? We've sold everything. I have one guy helping me. I don't speak Portuguese. My wife doesn't speak Portuguese. Doesn't speak Portuguese. And she's seven months pregnant. Like, I mean, she's like huge. And uh, what the heck am I doing here? This is ridiculous. We arrived into Galeão Airport there in Rio de Janeiro and Rio. And um, I remember we were standing by the carousel. And uh, I was, as I was standing there, all of our luggage was coming out. And uh, we didn't even have anybody to pick us up at the airport. Like, guys, I'm telling you, this was like, like Abraham, like leaving everything behind and just like going to a land that he did not know. Like that is literally what it was like for us. I had visited Rio one time prior to that. And my wife had never visited prior to that. Actually, no, I think, I think, let me back up twice. I had visited, she had visited once and that was it. Um, and so we're standing there and I'm waiting for all of the luggage to come out. And as each piece of piece of luggage comes out, um, again, I just, just like I, like it happened yesterday, as each peach piece of luggage began to come out, it, it wasn't the Holy Spirit who began to speak to me. It was actually like literally the devil himself. I, I'm not kidding you. He, each, as each piece passed by, the, the, the enemy started speaking to me. And he's like, what are you doing here? And I had 14 pieces of luggage. We had a lot of luggage. And he's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, what the heck? And I'm all like excited, full of faith. I just got done Bible school. God's called me. I've got a leadership manual. I've got one guy who's going to help me. Oh, I'm here. We, oh, the other thing, we didn't have any missionary support. Zero. Wow. Zero missionary. I had $8,000 in my bank account because we sold everything. And that was it. No money, no money, but no support. And basically, we did everything that they tell you not to do in mission school. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't get pregnant. You know, like, uh, make sure you have support. Like, we completely disregarded all that. And each piece of luggage came out. And the devil is just like beating the snot out of me. He's like, you're an idiot. You're a fool. What are you doing here? You don't speak Portuguese. No one is going to listen to you. Uh, get back on the plane. And he kept on saying, get back on the plane. Get back on the plane. Get back on the plane. And as each piece goes by, my faith was strong at the beginning. But then all of a sudden, I just began to like, I began to kind of doubt. I'm like, what have, what have, what have I done? And my wife was behind me. She couldn't see me because I'm getting the luggage because she's pregnant and I'm picking it up. And I just started weeping on the inside, like literally actually not. It was inside and then it started to manifest on the outside. And like people are like looking at me like, what is this guy? This guy's like on drugs or something. And I'm like weeping, like snot's coming down my nose. And I'm like, what have I, like, what have I done? Why, why are we here? What have I, not why, but I knew why we were there. But what have I done? Did I miss God? And then the devil, as he was starting to attack me more and more and more, he shifted his attack. And he's like, you see that baby on the inside of your wife? And he said to me, he said, I'm gonna, uh, that baby's going to die. That you, you made the most idiotic decision coming here. You don't have a doctor. You don't have a home. You don't have money. You have nothing. Why are you here? Get back. The, the, the smartest, most intelligent and uh, uh, what's the word? Um, plausible thing that you could do, you know, prudent thing. I hate the word prudence. I can't, sorry, no, this, I'm not going to preach it, but he's the most prudent thing you could do. That's such, that's like the devil, right? He, he always talks about prudency and protection and comfort and, and, oh, don't make me, 
what the most prudent thing you could do is to get back on the plane and go, go back home, go back to the United States. It's more comfortable there. And uh, he said, if you don't, that baby's going to die. And I just lost it then. I was like, I literally started hyperventilating. My wife couldn't see me and I'm trying to be a man. Or I'm trying to be the man of faith. You know, I'm the, I've got the vision. Like I'm, I know what we're supposed to do, but I'm like doubting. <laughs> I'm like, what the yeah. am I doing? I have no idea. And I'll never forget the spirit of God came into that airport, guys, in a, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a moment. It was literally like a wind of the spirit. Like I, the best way I could explain it is like, he burst through the doors and he filled that whole place. And he, and he spoke a word to me and he said, Joshua, listen, listen to my voice, listen to my voice. And he began to speak and he said, I have called you. You are, you are an obedient son. I have called you and I will watch to see that my word is fulfilled in you. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, thank you. And I'm like crying and weeping. And he's like, I, I, you will not fail son. Yeah. You've you've been obedient you will not fail and i will not fail you and so i wiped my nose and i got the luggage and dude the, the rest of the story man is like just faithfulness after faithfulness after faithfulness again i could say i'd be here all day just talking about every detail but essentially that was the foundation of how we got to brazil and yeah. the first day god was faithful so I'm a storyteller. Uh, I apologize, guys. No, it's amazing. <laughs> no, man. man. I love this story. And um, it just just reminds me, you and I, have, uh, I don't know if you remember, but we've prayed together a few times in Tulsa. Yeah. And um, one thing that always struck me is that you do know God. And, mm -hmm. uh, and even in, in the midst of your challenges and something so real, like, you know, just being told, you know, your child's going to die. What are you doing here? <laughs> Right. You've sold everything. You don't know anyone. Um, that's the first thing that really, you know, caught you was that you knew how to hear the voice of the spirit. Right. And um, I just, just think this is such an encouragement for so many of us who are in ministry or are thinking their call to ministry is that you've got to hold on to the voice of God. You've got to right. silence all these other voices and just, you know, hold on to everything you have, just to that one, you know, voice, that one whisper That's right. that he'll just, you know, plant in your heart. So right. just Preach. love this, man. <laughs> Dude, I could just sit here and receive from Timo, man. Let's go. Yeah, I know. Right. But, you know, one thing too is though, whenever you said the devil was talking to you, what he was doing is he was slapping you with what looked like reality. That's he right. Was telling you facts. He was like, listen, you don't speak Portuguese. Yep. You don't have money. You don't have any support. And so you have all these external senses that are speaking yeah. to you all the time. And he was playing into those things. That's but right. it's the voice of God that's going to carry us through those moments when all of our senses are screaming out what the facts look like. But there's that's an right. internal truth, especially yeah. when God's placed a vision, a vision in your life. There's a truth in there that you have to hold on to. Absolutely. And, you know, you guys did that. And so that's what's encouraging for us is because you're one of many who have done it, but you're someone of around our age. And yeah. so it's good to be encouraged like that, to see there's other people who abandoned what looked like a comfortable life to follow the plan of God and not mm -hmm. only follow him, but to start seeing fruit from it. You know, right. pretty quickly, you know, I, I've been following you guys for a while on social media, Instagram, Facebook, everything. And it just seems like your church really exploded. Yeah. And maybe for you, it didn't feel like that. But from the outside, <laughs> from the outside looking in, it looks like that, you know. Yeah. And so it, it was I know it was a journey. It was a process. It, there was challenges, things that came up. 
but you know, I wanted just for you to share a little bit, how many campuses do you guys have for the church? Yes, today we have six campuses. Um, So our church is seven years old. Uh, We've been in Brazil eight years, but that first, I wouldn't even call it a year. I can't remember the exact time frame. But that first period was where we were building our first leadership leadership team. And so today we have uh, six campuses. And then actually this year, we're planting three more churches. And so those are churches are actually being planted in the, the, the process. Um, so we, we definitely we're, we're hitting this this our stride now. We're at you know, year seven. Um, and this kind of enters you know, the, the next topic, I guess you could say, in the sense of explaining my call is, um, you know, I never felt felt qualified or capacitated to be in the pastoral ministry. Yeah. Not that I not that I can't, but I knew that that was not what God had called me to that Raymond, he had actually specifically told me and I don't say this to many people. Um, I don't like make it public knowledge, but I'll just since we're talking about it, the Lord told me in, in one of the Rama classes, he said to me, he said, you know, I'm going to call you to the apostolic ministry and the prophetic ministry. And I'm like, I didn't even know what that meant at the time. I was like, well, I thought all the apostles were dead, first of all. And the, the prophet's ministry, I'm like, God, again, you got the wrong person. But I put, so I put that on the shelf. And yeah. it wasn't but until maybe 10, 12 years later, you know, after graduating Rama, going to Brazil, the Lord reminded me about that, that calling of the, the, the apostles ministry and the the, the prophetic ministry. And I know the moment I say that some people are going to be like, oh, I don't agree with that. Well, I don't agree with a lot of people's theology, <laughs> but, and also they don't read their, they don't read their Bible because Jesus was very yeah. ex- or explicit through the apostle Paul, through the, you know, right. through the apostle Paul about the ministry gifts of the Holy spirit, that those gifts would be in operation until the body was made complete Absolutely. and the body is not made complete. Therefore, uh, I would say that the apostolic ministry, the prophetic ministry, the evangelist, the pastor, Absolutely. the teacher, are absolutely still relevant today. Yes. And I'm not calling myself a founding apostle. That's only, you know, there's a, the lamp, apostle of the lambs, founding apostles, yada, yada, yada. But I'm at the lowest, the lowest degree of all of that in the sense that I know that today my calling uh, is an apostolic ministry. And a lot of people will say, well, again, I don't agree with that. Well, okay, but the, the proof is in the pudding, right? I'm yeah. not, what we're called to do is we're, we're called to plant churches. And that's not just because I'm a missionary, missionary and apostolic ministry are not the same thing. You know, not yeah. all say, you guys understand, I don't need to preach to you about that. Um, I'm not in, in Brazil for a short term mission trip. I'm there as you know, a man of God called to build the body of Christ. If that's in Brazil or around the world, say, so be it. So this kind of went off on a tangent there. We have six campuses, <laughs> planting three this year. And that's uh, that's the gist of it. We also have a Bible school um, that we started a couple of years ago, but our, uh, we recently just started a pastor school, which was something God put in my heart. We started it last year during COVID, like the best time to start a Bible school, right? And um, we started online and uh, we had, uh, I think it was a hundred pastors. And today we have, we have the school still going on. We have a hundred, I think 110 pastors that were, uh, we're training. And then I take out of those pastors, I have a school specifically just with me, very one-on-one where I train up and disciple um, future campus pastors. And so right now we have uh, about seven or eight couples that are on down the pipeline being trained for church planting. Man, that's incredible. And you you know, I don't, and I I love hearing about what you guys are doing. And I think that's a great idea to do the one-on-one discipleship, but even just getting back to what you were saying 
about the apostolic ministry that you're in. I just want to clarify, some people might hear that and say, wow, that's a pretty arrogant thing to say. But honestly, that's the most humble thing you can do is to say yes to whatever God has called you to do. And so whenever God has called you to do something, don't be afraid of what other people are going to think about it. Just say yes. And again, what, what happened is the fruit proved itself. He didn't have to go around. Josh had said, he's like, I don't go around telling this to people, but the fruit itself reveals. And what you guys are doing is you're building leadership. And, you know, one thing that's impressive to me, you guys are able to come back here to the U.S. be on a vacation for a (laughs) short time, but you've had to develop leadership to be able to stand and and hold the fort down while you're gone. And so wanted to ask you guys, and Timo, I want to leave it open to you if you have any questions, but we want to know, I know you're opening several different campuses. You had the school, saw a picture recently where you had the students up preaching and and ministering, doing like a lab class sort of thing, which is awesome. But what's your vision, you know, even five years down the road, where do you see your guys' church going? Absolutely. Great question. So, you know... (laughs) I'm, I'm going to answer the question, but I'm also going to say something else if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, you know, as for me, I, I, I'm a three. I don't know if you guys know anything about the Enneagram. It's like my, I call it, I make fun of my wife. It's, it's like the Christian Scientology. It's a joke. I'm kidding. But it's like personality <laughs> test. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> that was a joke. Maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about, but it's a personality test. And for me, or a personality profile for me, like what drives Josh Adams is challenge and chaos and and uh I, I love to build i love to, to to see the future and go after the future you know but something really interesting that god is doing in my life currently right now is he is preparing and, and i know this might open up a whole nother conversation but he's preparing me for what what is to come and not in the sense of what we're building but what he's about to establish yeah uh and we're talking about kingdom kingdom reign here I'm talking about i believe the second coming of jesus christ i'm actually writing a book right now called uh, the decree of christ understanding in time prophecy um and so i'm like i'm like deep into that right now um that's actually why i was why why i was here to to write a book and i just finished just finished let me i'm gonna share this picture just finished this book right here this is my the first the first draft wow. of 500 pages of of talking about in time prophecy. And so your question is, you know, what is the future for us? For me, it's at this moment in time for me personally, for Josh Adams, because you're asking Josh Adams, and then I'll respond as, you know, the head of the ministry of the Good Asian United. Um, for Josh Adams, I just want to prepare people for the, for the, for the return of Christ. Yeah. We obviously know that the rapture is signless. There's no sign for the rapture, but the second coming is full of signs. And that's, has to do more with, uh, with Israel and all that. I'm not going to get into it, but for me, um, I, I, I just want to make sure that people are ready for what is to come the kingdom establishment that's about to come. Mm. Um, I want to prepare people uh, do they know Jesus? You know, are they like really know Jesus? Not just go to church, but do they really know Jesus? Because mm-hmm. there's a great difference between a disciple of Jesus and a follower of Jesus. Disciples will enter in; followers will stay outside because they didn't fill up their lamp or trim their wick. And I want to prepare individuals for that coming. And they, obviously, we—that's a whole different topic. Um, and you, in my, the book's coming out here shortly. The decree of Christ in the next couple months. It will be in English, Portuguese, and Spanish. 
Um, I have another book as well called The Young Apostle. If you've ever if you're called to the ministry, that's another book we can get to you. It's not in English, it's in Portuguese, but we're translating it into, uh, into to English. Um, but to answer your question about our church back in Brazil, um, the future of Igreja United is that I see less of me the more I grow in ministry, not my ministry, because it's not my ministry. I, I, don't, I don't possess this thing. It's his called upon my life. I'm simply administrator of it. Not to split hairs. If people say my ministry, that's not like heresy yeah, yeah. or blasphemy. It's just the way that I look at it. Uh, the more right. I grow in our ministry, the ministry that he's given us and put a place upon us, is that I want to be less seen. Yeah. You know? And it's complete. that's not popular today. It's all about being seen today. It's all about how big your ministry, how big your platform, how big many followers on Instagram. Uh, and that's fine for, you know, I'm not trying to like bl blast people that make that their priority, but that's not my priority. My priority is to be less seen and to prepare uh, a minis ministries for other individuals. So as we grow, our church is, is, is rather large. Um, the stage is rather large, but for me, I don't care. I don't want a big stage. I don't want to be in front of a bunch of people. I, I, I love to preach and teach, but it's, I would rather be in a smaller setting. Yeah. Um, and so the more I grow, the more we grow in this thing, the smaller my stage gets. So now like my stage used to be like bigger, but now it's like, like this big and that's okay with me. So what that means, practically speaking is this Bible school that we started is, in, in essence, the very, the pastor school is the very essence of our calling. And so at this moment right now, our, my wife and I, our, our focus is smaller setting, more focused on one-on-one -on -one discipleship with pastors. And so as we train those pastors, we develop those pastors one-on-one -on -one, as we disciple them and we build them with principles of leadership uh, that are tangible because a lot of people that talk about leadership but they've never lived it uh, at, you know so that's that's a whole different thing so we talk about the tangible aspects of ministry and the suffering of, of, of ministry because a lot of things that yeah. we don't talk about there's uh, <laughs> Jesus was called the suffering servant you know that's Absolutely. what he was called yeah. suffering yeah. we don't hear a lot about that in, in bible school we hear a lot about other things but suffering is a key element that i've i've become a master of suffering <laughs> and i think timo knows what i'm talking yeah. about and timo i know you gotta get going brother but i just wanted to oh. give you a, a last chance to respond here before and then we'll wrap it up with josh afterwards yes. i i just want to say thank you thank you josh for yeah, being no. just a great leader and somebody that a lot of people look up to but not you know ju not just for the great things that you guys are doing but really because of what I told you before, you know, God, it shows. And, um, anyways, love you, man. And, uh, Timo, thank you. Great to be with you guys. Hey, Timo, thank, thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, it's great to talk to you as always. And we'll talk to you soon. And, uh, Josh, you know, as Timo is leaving us today, I wanted to ask you a little bit because I know yeah. it's so important there when you guys are on the mission field, obviously you're imparting to the churches, but what are some ways that people can sow into you and Hannah's life? What are some ways that people can support you? I know you have the, the books that you're translating, you're writing, but is there a way for people to give to what you guys are doing and really get invested that way? 
Absolutely, absolutely. We have um, many different ways that people can participate. And I know this is going to be sound very cliche, but number one, obviously, prayer, because yes. without prayer, it's, it's impossible, truly impossible. People's prayers is what sustains us, what yes. keeps us, roots us in Brazil. And so we couldn't do without people interceding. We need intercessors. We need people that are praying uh, against the trials that we face because there are many, there are attacks, you know, yeah. there's great victories, but there are also lots of persecutions that we experience. And so prayer helps us people just saying, Hey, listen, I'm praying for you. Uh, number two, obviously giving seed is, is an important part. Listen, I would say this, don't give, don't give unless you, you believe in what we're doing you know? and there's fruit in what we're doing. And so we like to show people we have, you know, we have our Instagram account We're we're, help, we're starting to produce more content, make more presence, more known here in the United States. Um, because for the last eight years, we've been in Brazil tilling the ground and now we have yeah. something to show for. So we're, we're starting to really, you know, present more opportunities for people to get to know what we're doing, uh, in the United States there in Brazil, I guess you can say. So people can give online as well. We have a, a, a link or a website that people can go and they can give on a monthly base, basis. I will say this, giving on a monthly basis enables us for our, our not for the ministry just to, to continue, yeah. but for our personal life, for my kids yes. to go to school. Uh, I recently talked to a pastor about, we were talking about numbers and he asked me, so how much, how much, he just blatantly asked me, how much support do you have coming in? And I told him the number and he was like shocked. And I was like, man, is it too much or is it too low? And he's like, that is way too low. How do you guys like survive? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I, and I don't, we're not like living, so it wasn't you, you guys understand. Yeah. So the point I'm trying to make is this, is as we grow, we need more help. Yeah, we need help. And so people can give on a monthly basis. Well, that will enable us to stay in Brazil, plant more churches. A lot of the support that we do receive uh, does help our family, but we also pay other pastors. A lot of our campus yeah. pastors, Ken and I, personally out of our own pocket, pay to help their salaries, to help their kids buy their groceries. And so people can give. The third way, as you already mentioned, I just really encourage you as we make this product more available, these books, I have you know, uh, four books that I have that are available. One about the, you know, the Holy Spirit, one about the calling, one about you know, living a fearless life about the trials and tribulations that we've personally faced in ministry. And then this, this last book that I'm, or this next book I'm writing on the end time prophecy, when people buy these books, obviously they help support Absolutely. what we're doing in Brazil. Man, and I've been following your guys' social media. You did a tremendous project with you. I think you guys covered the blessing in Portuguese <laughs> yeah. and the, the quality of those videos and your singers that you guys have there at the church. It was just amazing. And yeah. I just want to encourage people. We're going to put all the links to their uh, social media sites at the bottom of this video so that you can go follow them. But Josh, what's do you know off the top of your head the, the website, if you can just give that yeah. out to people? So it's www.igrejaunited, and I'll, I'll spell it out for you, I-G-R-E-J-A-United.com. And I'll, I'll send this to link to you, and it's backslash giving. Um, I think I need to make it a little more simple. I'm trying to figure out how to streamline <laughs> that, yeah, but it is what it is. So yeah. I'll send the link, and it's a basically a direct link of where people can give on a monthly basis. And I, I will say this last thing. If if there's anybody out there and uh, young individuals that are called, feel called to the ministry, uh, we have so many opportunities that we're, we're going to begin to make available for people in the United States to participate uh, in, 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 in ministry, uh, invest in the, the mission field by connecting with us. And there's just a lot of opportunities that we're going to start making available for a lot of young individuals 
uh, to be a part of the global ministry of Jesus yes. Christ through helping what we're doing in Brazil. And so if you guys are more, if you're interested in that, we can give you more information about how you can intern for uh, our for the ministry and for what we're doing in Brazil. And so guys, go follow their social media. You have Joshua Adams, Hannah Adams, Igreja United. There's, we're going to put all the links there and the website so that you can go easily follow them. And Josh, thank you so much for taking time from your vacation to, to join us. And we're looking forward to that new book. Please send me a message when that's out and we'll uh, be happy to promote it for you because I know that it's needed and it's going to be a blessing to people. So when I'm there in Brazil, actually me and my wife are going back in July. We're going to be in the Northeast and then in Sao Paulo for a little bit. Uh, So we're looking forward to that, but hopefully sometime we can connect. Love to visit your church and just uh, experience everything that you guys have built with God. So man, thank thank you you so much. much, I appreciate Josh in July, actually we're planting a church in Sao Paulo. So we're going to have to somehow connect our our paths. Love to get lunch with you. And it's such an honor. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Absolutely. And we'll, when we're there, I'll have you uh, lay hands on me and impart your ability to speak Portuguese. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so man, again, thank you so much. Send our, our love to Hannah and to your, your kids. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. We'll see you.